What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And as always, no matter what the record, I am happy, as always, to be with you right here on this edition of Texans All Access. Got John McClain a little later in the show, but we're going to kick it off with Andre Ware. But you got to hear what kicked off our conversation, and that started with an unfortunate interception and a classic, classic call from Mark Vandermeer. Allen back to pass, looking, and he throws it wobbly, and it gets a, it gets picked up by Van Ginkle. He takes it to his left, and he takes it inside the five-yard line. What was that? All right, that was not good. <laughs> that just shocked me. I think you could hear it in the call there. That shocked me, that throw. But there were some good ones in the second half. There was another pick in the second half. There was a touchdown pass to Aikens in the second half. Nice deep ball to Cooks. Let's get Andre Warren here and talk about this as the Texans take on the Browns Sunday at noon at NRG Stadium. Dre, let's start with Kyle Allen. As the game wore on, did you feel like, okay, he's getting a little more rhythm here, starting to get his feet wet a little bit, rust coming off? How did you see it? I'm not going to let you brush past that. That that ranks that call ranks right up there with no Brock no. What was that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. why Brock? Why? Hey, why we Brock can't why? just breeze past that on a Monday morning, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why, Ouch. Brock? Why? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> one of my other one of my other favorite calls was against the Colts in 2020, and Deshaun was in the end zone. I'll never forget this. Deshaun was in the end zone, and I saw the looper come through, and I was like, "Oh no!" And then Dre goes, "Oh no!" He like just just. I mean, it's instinctive when you hear it in your ears, you'll just say it. And of course, Deshaun got sacked for a safety, and I remember that one. I hear that one too. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Play it that, again, that Ben. Hilarious. Oh I was, no! I was sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, "Oh no, he can't just breeze past this one." Oh no! No, I no, kept no. thinking. I mean, the the way the ball ended up in Van Ginkle's hands, and I'm watching it live. It's one of those things where I didn't think anybody tipped it, but how does a ball do that out of yeah, a quarterback's yeah, hand? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it it, was... he clearly didn't. He clearly didn't tip it. Uh, at all at that particular point. But but to Mark's point, Dre, in the second half, Kyle started doing some things. I mean, you know that position well. And when yeah. you're wearing a dolphin pretty much all day every time you throw, I mean, it's a tough afternoon. But just overall, just the way he battled back, your thoughts? Well, when you haven't been in a game and facing live bullets like that in a long, long time, and you haven't been getting reps to get ready for it, you know, fans will say, oh, make the, make the change. And all Kyle Allen has gotten – was maybe, uh, I'm not sure their practice schedule, but a Wednesday, Thursday on a normal practice week for an NFL team. And that's Mm -hmm. it. And you're not going to simulate the speed in which he faced yesterday with the Dolphins defensively because early in the game they were coming at him and it was, I mean, just chaos. And I've been there. Everything's just cloudy and it's happening so fast. And all of a sudden you're just seeing colors, the other team's colors all the time. That's what he was facing yesterday. But I thought as the game progressed, he slowed down a little bit. And I also will attribute it to this. In the second second half, when you're up 30 to nothing, you're going to call off the dog. It's just natural, natural, and natural instinct to pull back a little bit. And I think that's what happened on their side of it. I also think he started to get a rhythm for the game and started to play a little bit better. 
So you feel like maybe with that experience, whatever reps he gets this week, we should see some improvement on Sunday against Cleveland, a team not known for great defense, definitely. yet they just beat Tom Brady at home. Yeah, definitely. I think I think when uh, when you look at it, he'll be better with every rep that he gets. That's the type of player he is. But he's just got to be out there. He's got to be in it. Um, you know, you'd like to have had some situations, whether good or bad, where – with the with the way the Dolphins played their uh, their quarterback situation yesterday, once they were up by a bunch, uh, all mm-hmm. of a sudden the backup is getting getting reps, and because you never know when you're going to need them, and so with with Kyle, there have been some times maybe that uh, you, you just as a change up that you would go to him at certain times so that when he does get in the game, it's not his first time like yesterday. Dre, speaking of uh, you, kind of alluded to him. He didn't say his name. Tua Tungavailoa yesterday. It was the first time that I had had a chance to see him up close, Mark, too, because we didn't see him last year in 2021. He's really impressive. I mean, just really impressive. And you could tell that fan base loves him, and as well they should, because all he's gone through the first couple of years and got to the other side of it, and now he is the unabashed leader of that particular team. What you saw of Tua yesterday, it's the best that he's looked in. The, well, we haven't even faced him, so – what were your thoughts about Tua, how he looked yesterday and the time that he was in the game? And what do you think the prospects are for him and the Dolphins going forward with him as their leader? I think they can be whatever it is they want in terms of, you know, in their division. They can own it for a while. New England's down now. The Jets are coming. Uh, and then the Bills are there. But they, they are they are right there. I mean, there are a couple of players off maybe on defense on a dominant players on the defense line. But who knows? I mean, look at Buffalo the last couple of weeks and what – Teams have done to them, and they, they seem to be ordinary again. They, I think they pulled one out uh, the other day but against Detroit. <clears throat> but there's no dominant team in the AFC, so the Dolphins could step into that. And, you know, I've been singing to his praises because I've seen him all the way back to his days in college. If you just right. give it time, uh, he's going to be one hell of a quarterback. And you walk around that stadium, you see a lot of uh, fans with the jersey number one on their backs. They believe in him. I think the organization finally – got smart they believe in him they know what they have and he's you know he he, uh, he lives by he's a very faithful guy I mean that's how he lives and he walks and and uh, there was never a, a sway in his confidence and what he knew he could do and the types of talents that uh, that he possesses so yeah I think everybody else is just getting a chance to see it now Andre Ware joining us. Andre, back to the situation on this coming Sunday where we get the Cleveland Browns in here, and you need to find a way to run the ball again. Two weeks in a row, it hasn't been there at all, and we know what's happened offensively overall. What can they do in short order to try to get going again offensively? They're going to have to sure up some things inside. You know, I I think – there's times when uh, when Titus could play better, obviously at, at right tackle, and that's kind of the run blocking uh, portion of the offensive line. When you really want to just go get a yard or two, you should be able to do it to the right side. Laramie's job is more of a pass protector, and Kenya Green, he's going to have to play better. And so it's just an overall guys mentality up t- up front that they've got to play together as a group. You're getting it in spurts. You may be getting it. You may get it on two fifths of the offensive line on a play, but all of it's got to work together. And as of late, it just hasn't been. I mean, you look up and you've got thirty something yards of total offense in a half. Uh, that that's not getting it done. Dre, this weekend, 
quarterbacks coming to town that we've seen before. Do you have any expectations for a guy that has not started a football game for seven hundred days in what Deshaun Watson? What what kind of did you expect this weekend? I expect his timing to be off. Um, if he throws over the middle or down the hashes, you're gonna have a chance to to pick him off because the timing's just not gonna be there. But then there are gonna be some extraordinary plays. Uh, and him coming back to this building, making a start, and that was already decided when they acquired him and when he was, how long he was going to be suspended, that this would be his first start. Uh, but you're going to see some wonderful plays that that uh, mm. make you make you believe he's still the same guy. But I think when you take that amount of time off, it's just a process of of uh, you haven't been not even in practice uh, or NFL games or preseason games for that matter there's going to be an enormous amount of rust to where you at times question whether or not he can be the same player, but over time, he's going to get back to where he was. Andre, we're joining us Texans Monday presented by Houston Methodist and BitWallet. All right, let's go around the league a little bit here, Dre, because a mm-hmm. lot is happening, including, but not limited to the Titans losing at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. Are they hitting their stride? The Bengals Derrick Henry, by the way, last three games, not exactly setting the world on fire. Not all his fault. I'm sure they're stacking the box against them. Tannehill throwing it well. What do you think moving forward here? Because the division does not appear to be in danger for the Titans. No, and, you know, your question is about the Bengals. I think they're getting healthy at the right time. They still, I think, played without Jamar Chase yesterday. So he was sitting, and uh, they, they've got that one. When Once he comes back, another weapon to add to the offense. But, Oh, Joe Burrow's just Joe, Joe Cool, whatever it is you want to call him. Um, I, I love the the way he plays and the manner in which he plays it. You can tell that his team, uh, they rally around him. They want to play for him. And with the Titans, yeah, it's just a matter of consistency. You don't know which team you're going to get from week to week uh, if, if teams are able to slow down Derrick Henry. And uh, that's a big ask for any defense, but I think uh, they were Cincinnati was able to do it to a degree yesterday. They found a way to go into uh, Tennessee and win a game on the road, which is it's tough to go into that stadium and, and win. Dre, Trevor Lawrence yesterday ended up having one of his best performances, if not his best performance, as a yeah. starting quarterback in the NFL. Two years ago, you and I tried to advise our friend here <laughs> that it was going to happen. It was going to happen. It was a matter of time because Trevor is is that guy. But I always feel like a young quarterback has to have sort of that moment. I remember Russell Wilson as a rookie did that against New England, and it kind of changed things for him going forward. Like you looked at him as, oh, boy, he's the man. Now he's getting yelled at by Mike Purcell, but that's a different story. What do you think this means for Trevor, the fact that he had that performance with that young team in front of that crowd yesterday and beat the Ravens doing it? How do you think it manifests itself going forward for Trevor? And were we right? Or is he now on the cusp of being that guy that we thought he was going to be? Well, I think he's always been on on the cusp of being that guy. You just got to get the right system, the right play caller. I think they've added some stability to the organization for a while with Doug Peterson and that staff. And so he's going to, you know, you're, you're coming back now to the same offense every year. He's going to get better leaps and bounds better. He's not going to throw that interception to Derek Stingley in the end zone. Uh, going forward that that those are things that he doesn't make the same mistake twice which is why you like the kid so much and now you're starting to see the upward trajectory of his career because he's played in a bunch of games and you know he hadn't played awful 
He just hadn't played to where the standard in which everybody thought he was going to play. And now he's starting to look that way. You see the physical skills. Now it's just about, excuse me, mentally locking in, consistently putting it together each and every week. And then they, once, once they start to add more pieces around him, that's when he's really, really going to get dangerous. Yeah, that was a heck of a comeback drive yesterday. I thought that game was over and tremendous final possession for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I have to give them credit. But it's not over for me until I say it's over. That's <laughs> 17 years from now. Mark's going to be like, he didn't do it for 20 years. I, I got one for both of you guys. Worst situation to be in. The Cardinals, with everything going on there, coaching staff issues, complaints by some of the players, including but not limited to the quarterback, who they paid a ton of money for, or the Denver Broncos, who gave up a ton to pay a ton to Russell Wilson. and They are 3-8. and eight. I mean, at least the Cardinals have a better record, but not by much. They're 4-8. and eight. Both are horrible, but I would say as of right now, <clears throat> it's Denver because it just keep, it seems to keep – coming unglued now you got you know defensive guys screaming and yelling at the guy you just described the quarterback and you're the highest paid guy on the roster and they're uh you know you got one of the the lowest paid guys i would probably uh, argue yelling at him i mean that that is it's uh it's it's coming unglued fast and and uh, there's a lot of pressure that i don't know if nathaniel hackett makes it or gets through the season let alone is coaching next year I, I agree with trey i think it's worse than denver yeah, he's I, older. I, I think it's going to be difficult if the Cardinals continue down this path for Cliff to to maintain that job. But that Cardinals team is still talented, and Kyler Murray still has a lot of talent mm-hmm. as well. Russell Wilson. I mean, people were saying last year, and I didn't watch him much last year other than the game he played against us, that he was washed last year. People that really, fo- I mean, Seattle making that deal, they got smashed for it. But the Seahawks people are like, just just watch, just watch. You'll see exactly what you need to see. Mm. But then that is, you know, it's sort of come to fruition at that point. All right, Dre and Mark, both you guys. I like handing out money, but I've only got $10 to give to you. So okay. sorry. You got to go to Vegas with your 10 bucks, mm-hmm. and you got to put okay. it down on one team right now to go win a Super Bowl. Ooh. One team right now. Mm. Because I don't know that I'm 100% convinced who I would put it down on. The ones I would have done it at the beginning of the year, or the team I would have, I'd probably still do it. But Buffalo. I'm worried about Josh Allen's elbow, yeah, especially as a quarterback. And, Dre, I'll ask you about that a little bit later. What team are you putting your $10 on right now as of November 28th to go win the Super Bowl? I got my pick, and it's probably the same as it's Dre's. The, go ahead, Dre. San Francisco 49ers, Ooh, yes. Santa Clara 49ers, whatever. Yes. City they want Bingo. To Good one, Dre. Week. But uh, that, that's, that's where I'm going with mine. It seems that they've gotten better. They're adding to the roster. The defense is playing outstanding. I think D'Amico Ryans is a head coach in waiting for somebody. He has done an, a hell of a job. Uh, in, in his time as a defensive coordinator there. And then, you know, offensively, Jimmy G, it's a great story how they didn't want him and, you know, they tossed him mm-hmm. aside. And they had to go beg him to come back when Trey Lawrence got hurt and he's playing the way he's playing. It's a great story. All right. So I would go with the Chiefs. Now, I'm not thinking that they're as good as they were, but I think that they found ways to win. He knows when to run. The running weapon of 
Patrick Mahomes is understated, underrated. It's there. Yep. And he does it selectively, and it's so effective for him. I'll be rooting hard against them, by the way. I am no fan of theirs. I want them to lose badly every single week. But if I had to put $10 down on a team, it would be them. And, guys, both of you, D'Amico Ryans, I would say he's the number one candidate for head coaching jobs leading into the offseason. I mean, is there I, one that's above I, I him? I can't think of anybody. Can't, I can't argue against that at all. That defense is flying high. And here's the other thing about him. I don't, you know, I don't, I know him from here and I've always liked him, but I'm guessing, here's my guess about D'Amico Ryans and the people around him, Shanahan, I mean, Kubiak, all right, maybe he's, I don't know if they still communicate at all, but he's with Shanahan on his staff. D'Amico Ryans will have full control over an organization. He will be able to pick his GM similarly to the way Gary Kubiak mm -hmm. did when he came here in 06, and Kubiak said, why don't you go hire this Rick Smith guy? Mm -hmm. So I believe that D'Amico will have that kind of situation in front of him. He will be able to sell it. He's super bright. He's doing a tremendous job right now. He's a leader, and I think he's the number one candidate to get a job going into the offseason. Well, I do think there's one other candidate, and I'm, I'm – I also think there's something having to do with star power, and that's Sean Payton. And uh, the interesting aspect we're talking if about. he wants to come back. Well, there's been the two teams, and Jerry, I'll get your thoughts. If Sean Payton came back and coached either one of these two teams, how do they change? One, the L.A. Chargers. Two, the Arizona Cardinals. Those are the two teams that Sean Payton has been rumored to be really excited about. Now, it's a rumor. We don't know. But. Sean Payton with Herbert and the Chargers, Sean Payton with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. How do you like either one of those looks, Trey? I don't know, and, and here's why. I think Sean Payton did what he did to get the Cowboys job and thought it was mm. a done deal and thought the Cowboys might flop this year, and then all of a sudden we see what they're doing, and they're on a nice run uh, with Mike McCarthy. So I don't think he's going to be replaced. And so unless Jerry Jones is just hell-bent on bringing Sean Payton in, no matter what McCarthy does there. That's the job that he wanted when he went through this whole process. So I, anything less than that would be, uh, uh, I guess, a step down for him. So I could easily see him staying in TV for another year without taking either one of those two jobs. Okay. And, and to that point about D'Amico, mm -hmm. because of what you just said about yeah. D'Amico, mm -hmm. I think D'Amico might wait too until he gets the exact right situation. Now, you can't wait too long. Because you know, you know how this thing can yeah, work. Yeah, you know, yeah. also they, they become exactly they no, become a middle of the pack defense. You got to strike while the iron's hot. You got to strike. I think there will be opportunities. You can for get that injuries, situation. drop yeah, ten I, spots, and all of a sudden, uh, maybe not. Carolina, then, Carolina Panthers would be a great place for him. Ooh, with that defense already. Yeah, yeah. Look, right that quarterback, was, yeah, that right offensive coordinator. It's been impressive Ooh. the way they've turned it around. Hey, Steve Wilkes, you know, maybe you give him a shot if they they keep winning. Hey, all you got to do is trade for Matt yeah, Schaub no and a few years later and win the I think division. Wilkes has, coached, Wilkes has coached himself into an opportunity there. That That's yep. for sure. But I think the yep. owner, being a newer owner, wants to make a splash with his kind of guy and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. So I think they're actually going to gonna hire a new a new coach other than Steve Wilkes. But he has, he, he has earned a, a second chance. All right, for both of you now, who is the second best team in college football? Give me your number two. We all know who number one is, and we're not going to argue that, right? Consensus. Well, I think one. And I never two thought easy. I would say. I never thought I would say this because of all that surrounded the state, <clears throat> and there are less recruits there than there have been in the past. 
for uh, that university to choose from. I mean, they had their pick of who they wanted within the state. And he had, Harbaugh has done one hell of a job at Michigan. So my, my answer would be the Michigan Wolverines behind Georgia. And I think uh, the way they're playing right now, it uh, th- that would be one heck of a football game. It's not Georgia's not going to blow out Michigan, not this does year. Any, does anybody have a shot to knock TS, TCU out of the playoff? TCU wins, TCU's in. Okay, but I think the math is pretty yeah, simple. They, now they win, they're in. But can be be careful with Kansas State. Oh yeah, that's the team I picked to win the Big Twelve way back at Big Twelve Media Days. They, they it's and they've done it without Adrian Martinez who I thought would have a hell of a year after transferring there from uh, from Nebraska. You know, I forget Will's last name, the, the quarterback Howard. they have. Will Howard. Will Howard. He's played outstanding, and that yep. just goes to show you, if you get hurt, you got to hurry up and get back because the next guy is chopping, and, and uh, he's waiting mm-hmm. on an opportunity as well. Will Howard has taken, taken the reins to that thing and, and hadn't looked back. All right, Tax Act Texas Bowl right here, December 28th at NRG Stadium. CBS has projected Kentucky and Oklahoma State. I don't know. I don't have any inside info. We'll get David Fletcher on the show at some point this week. But <laughs> you don't like well, that he, Well, here's why. Because Levis if won't I say play. Levis won't play, neither will Chris Rodriguez. Mm. So you won't, you won't see those two more than likely. Will Kentucky bring people here for football? Yeah, that's the other thing. Can we get Calipari to play a game here against the Cougs? At they the will. Same they time? will travel. Kentucky, Kentucky will travel. They will show up. And if it's you said Oklahoma State, yeah, they'll be here, right? They will be here. I mean, yeah. that those are that's two fan bases that that you really want if uh, if you're just looking for for a game to be attended well. That they'll yeah. travel. Both fan bases will. Oh, I want to go right. travel. Let me give you. Let me give you one. We we were just kind of playing around with this Mark and I the other day, Dre. What if Oklahoma played Arkansas here? Now that would be crazy. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, well, that that's that's one thing that I, was rumored. I can't rumored. remember the the matchup I, that was rumored. Uh, it'll come to me, and you guys will be off off the mm. uh, the line here. What but, for Texas uh, it Bowl? Was, it was like, oh my goodness, yes. Right now, yes, because both fan bases are just going to pack the place for the entire six days that the teams are in the city, or however long that mm. is. It, it, you'll just see those. Those two fan base colors all, all right. week long. Uh, on the way out, both of you, which of the following is not a bowl? Okay, is not a bowl. All right, Relia Quest, Duke's Mayo, Wrigley, Fenway, First Responder, or Gasparilla. Which one of those I is not a bowl? I think I it's the right second one that you said. What was the second one? Wrigley. Wrigley. It's Wrigley. I mean, it's Wrigley. No, no. It's Wrigley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get some people on that, though. Uh, it, yes, because I'm looking at the Idaho Potato Bowl, bowl looks great. Um, there are all kinds of new sponsors cure, for bowl games. And the you're like, Cure what? Bowl. Yeah. Uh, what are these names? It's There's great. a late Duke's night talk, host, talk show host that has a, a bowl game. What's his name? Jimmy Kimmel Bowl or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think he has it this year. I think that was a. I don't know. Okay. I don't see oh, I it thought here. I saw it this year already. So the Duke's, oh, maybe, it is, maybe it's there. I don't see it on this list. So the and Duke's Mayo Bowl. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Gatorade uh, dump is not Gatorade. It's, it's exactly what you think Ew. it is. 
That's disgusting. No, no. No. And look, I like mayonnaise. I think it was Shane Beamer last year. Speaking of Shane Beamer, how about that win for the Gamecocks over yeah, Clemson? Yeah. Not man. Clemson right on out of the playoffs. What round? Spencer Rattler, Johnny. Oh, it's too confusing, man. He is confounding. Yeah. I mean, he's got first-round talent, but, man, he is like a seventh-round UDFA, like, <laughs> Otherwise, it's uh, it's too complicated to talk about. Dre, care to weigh in on that? I, I agree with Johnny. I, I think he's got super talent. You, the arm talent, the delivery is just going to wow a bunch of people. But then you just question the maturity. That combine interview is going to be good. Oh. That's going to be good. Spencer Rattler. All 32 good. teams should interview him and then convene and go, what would y'all do? What would y'all talk about? The press conference will be good. Yeah, be Every, everybody's going to He'll win the press conference, I promise you. He'll be prepared enough to win the press conference. Oh, he will. But the interview, well, that's going to be a different story. I like winning the press conference. Oh, Spencer will be ready to do that. And hopefully he's ready to sling at the combine. I would guess he's coming out, but I don't know. He's still got one more year, one more year eligibility. Maybe he stays in South Carolina. And puts together a great year instead of two games. And who knows where he might be in 2024. So keep an eye on that. Spencer Rattler, South Carolina. All right, we get back. Let's hear from the general, John McClain, right here on Texas All Access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And I got to give a lot of props to our fans out there. It's been a tough season, but I know... You guys are hanging in there, but I got to give some props to today's biggest fan. That's Dykin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. As the world's number one indoor comfort provider, Dykin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all, from comfort and convenience to air quality. Dykin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future, reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. Learn more at Dykin, D-A-I-K-I-N, Dykin, loves Houston.com. And Dykin loves John McClain. Well, we all love John McClain. And the general joins us right about now. Feeling any better or differently today? How you doing? I'm always doing great, guys. And I'm especially doing great when I'm on with you guys two times a week. Nice. Well, we'll be back on it Thursday. No triple header this week like yeah. there was for Thanksgiving. So we're looking forward to Thursday at 6 live with you. All right. Look, this is a hard one to break down because it's just a really difficult loss. I mean, you're down 30 to nothing at the half. What were you down last week, Johnny, to Washington? Was that? I don't know. I don't I've tried to forget. 20 to nothing. Oh, yeah, been down to 50 to nothing at halftime of the last two games. Yeah. Have four first downs to the opponent's 33 and have 37 yards to the opponent's 533. Okay. You so, saying that's bad? <laughs> so that's not um, good. We okay, General. That. So here we go. You ready? This is the toughest question will be asked all day. Ooh. Change it. How? Uh, I think Pat Hamilton, I, as I wrote last week, I'd give him like two more games as a play caller, see what he can do with Kyle Allen, and then I'd have somebody else calling the plays because they're doing a terrible job on offense in the first half. I mean, you just can't keep doing that. And one of the things about this game, you know, everybody's killing the team. This wasn't on the defense and the special teams. This was on the offense. You give up a touchdown on offense, and then you give up a three-yard touchdown drive. And I was going back over this. Miami had one touchdown drive of 59 yards. So that's seven. Another one of three and another one on a fumble return against the offense. To his last three possessions, they killed him, and that's why Mike McDaniel pulled him out 
you know, you can't judge anything on Skylar Thompson. He's a rookie who's in the run. But I thought the defense had five sacks, could have had six penalty, called one back with Ogbo or mm-hmm. Obo. How do you pronounce it? Ogbo? Okoronkwo. And, uh, o- yeah, Okoronkwo. That would have been six sacks. So they beat up to a pretty good. But this one's not on the defense. And special teams continue to excel. Cam Johnston's punting is tremendous. They had their best day on punt returns. Uh, they they covered well. Kymie Fairbairn, four touchbacks, field goal. Of course, John Weeks, every snap's perfect. So we can, we tell you know, I feel bad saying the Texans when the special teams deserve better. That's why I tried my report card every week on SportsRadio610.com to make sure to praise Frank Ross and the special teams for a job well done. But the offense, it's I've never seen anything as bad as this. And what really gets me uh, in the previous two losses to Philadelphia and the Giants, Damian Pierce averaged 116.5 yards rushing. In the last two, he has, let's see, he has something. What is it he has in the last two? It's uh, not good. It's sub-10 yards against the Washington it's, it's, Commanders. It's 16 and yards on 15 carries yeah. in the last two games. He didn't just all of a sudden get to be a bad running back. What's happened is the offensive line performance has deteriorated something terribly in the last two games against defensive lines stacked with first and second round picks, including Miami's, although Miami's defense is not known as a great defense, and yet they totally shut down the run. You know, they didn't fool them with Dari Gumbawale getting the first catch or trying to throw a pass to Laramie Tunsil things like that, but what they're doing on offense isn't working. And in the line, for whatever reason, these last two games have just been dominated. Ten sacks, although one of them was Damian Pierce's fault. He just got crushed on one of them. So, um, you know, they subbed out Kenyon Green for Justin McRae. They've had Goomba Wiley getting a little more action. He scored a touchdown, but, you know, if you can't run, you're in trouble. And Kyle Allen, I'm not surprised he started slow because he hadn't played in two years. But uh, it's uh, and now they, of course, got the Browns and Sean Watson coming in. And you would think with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they would run the ball like crazy. And at least in the first half to see where Watson is throwing the ball for the first time since 2020. But if I'm the Browns, I stick to my formula. And that is to run. Although yesterday, Jacoby Brissett had a great comeback to beat Tom Brady in his last game. Yeah, that was interesting. And if Watson loses this weekend, uh, that talk radio that should be the goal. Cleveland is going to be that's fun. the goal. Yeah. Uh, but Force him to want Jacoby back. John, it's hard to evaluate Kyle Allen based on one game and what happened yesterday, but. It's, as the game went on, I felt like, okay, he's getting in rhythm a little bit more, starting to find his feet, find the open man, getting a little bit more time to throw in the second half. What did you make of that performance and where it might head from here? It's hard to compare him against Davis Mills based on yesterday's activity, but what do you think? I thought I appreciated his honesty. He said when you get down like they did, they play soft coverage. 
So you have to dink and dunk in front of them and work it down the field and try to score. That's the first time I've heard anybody with the team point out one of the reasons they moved the ball in the second half of these last two games, and even others like Tennessee, is because when they get down so far, because of the offense, they they play a looser coverage, and so it looks like the offense is working better. But the fact is, you know, they they if they're they're not able to do it when the coverage isn't loose. Maybe they will against the Browns. Cleveland's defense has been a disappointment, although it played really well against Tom Brady. And uh, I, 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 uh, I don't know what the answer is about this offense, but it's as bad in the first half as I've ever seen. And it's hard to understand considering, remember the Philadelphia game, 14-14 at halftime, and we knew they were going to lose, but that was an impressive first half coming off that Tennessee game that was a devastating loss and domination. And then the Giants, they, uh, they ran the ball well against the Giants in these last two. It's, it's amazing to me. You know, you have Tunsil and Titus Howard. Titus gave up a sack, got beat bad. And uh, that they keep investing in players and coaches and offensive line showed so much promise through that Giants game, and now they've just been dominated. All right, General, a little either-or for you. Which team has bigger regrets, the New York Jets for drafting Zach Wilson number two overall or the Arizona Cardinals for giving Kyler Murray, who apparently had some things to say about Cliff Kingsbury's scheme yesterday, a massive contract this offseason? Well, I think uh, Kyler Murray has proved he can play, so they don't think they've got regrets like the Jets. Mike White, who was the first quarterback to throw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns in his first start, and then his performance kind of went down, so they draft Zach Wilson second overall, and then White comes in, throw 330 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. And I read a thing out of New York next last week by a longtime beat writer. It said just about everybody thought White was a better quarterback, but for whatever reason, they thought they had to use that second pick on Zach Wilson. Now, Wilson's going to get another chance. He'll get White will get hurt or he'll have a couple of bad games, but he's not not going to play again. And when you've drafted second overall, you're going to get at least three years. But White came in and made it look so much more efficient. It was, The Jets were consistently productive. And remember, they lost running back Brees Hall. They lost another one yesterday. I don't know who the guy was, and yet they still moved the ball uh, efficiently. And when I see these other offenses working the way they do, and then I look at what the Texans are putting on the field offensively, which has should have more talent than the defense, considering you got two tackles who are good. You know, A.J. Cann was a respected free agent. We saw Kenyon Green playing well till the last two games. Nico Collins is better. Cooks is making one big play a game, and we know Damian Pierce is a better running back. And that's why it's so mystifying about how bad the offense has been in the first half. Uh, But anyway, to answer that question, I would think the Jets, because they invested so much in him, but at least they're not going to have to give him a monster second contract. 
Baby LaFleur might get a head coaching job. Yeah. Mike LaFleur. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that running back, Zonovan Bam Knight at NC State, rookie. This is to me why you just take young dudes at running back and keep. Yeah, and just roll keep rolling them in, them in there. 14 for our, uh, 69, almost five yards of carry. Compared with, how about this? How about you want, can I interest you in a stat? Yes. Damian Pierce has minus six rushing yards before contact on 15 carries over the last two weeks. Before contact. Mm hmm. Minus six yards, minus six rushing yards before contact on 15 carries over the last two Look, weeks. They're, they're just not getting the mix they had earlier with the whole scheme up front. All right, General, speaking of running backs, Derrick Henry, 38 yards yesterday on 17 carries. What's going on in Nashville with him? We're not seeing that amazing production. Tannehill's throwing the ball pretty well, but they lose to the Bengals, who just might be finding their stride this time of year. He was leading the NFL in rushing before yesterday, and the Bengals uh, – geared all their defense into containing him. He had a long gain on a screen pass, fumbled into the end zone, and they scored anyway. But they just – they struggle on offense. You get rid of A.J. Brown, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to take a step back. And then without him, the teams don't have to double-team anybody, and they can devote an extra player to stopping the run. They can put eight guys in the box – and they've had one good offensive game. It was the game before. Their defense is playing great. If they can't, if they continue to score fewer than 20 points a game, they'll go out in their first playoff game, even though they're going to win the division. And Cincinnati, you know, Baltimore, boy, what a bad loss by the Ravens. And then mm. Lamar Jackson put out a really nasty, mm -hmm. vulgar, thing on social media into a fan who just said they, th they thought they should move on, not give him 260 million guaranteed move on. And I would imagine the NFL is going to do something, find him because you can't do that with fans. And, and he didn't play well. And, uh, and then, and then having uh, Justin Tucker try to kick a 67 yard field goal to win, it shouldn't come down. To that, Trevor Lawrence looked really good uh, at the end of that game, brought them behind, looked like a franchise quarterback. The Jaguars have now won four games. And uh, Cincinnati looks like the best team in that division. Yeah, Cincinnati's getting that thing turned around. I really wish they would have beaten Cleveland earlier this year. But Cincinnati played much better than Baltimore right now. Baltimore, though, I saw a stat. Was I was actually getting off the bus, looking at my phone, going down to the bus steps, and saw a stat that said four teams since, I think, the merger in 1970 through the first 11 games have had double-digit leads in those games or something to that extent. The first three teams were all 11-0. Ravens are 7-4. and four. They just can't put teams away. It's been ridiculous. They get on big leads, and then they just can't hold it. Can't hold it at all. But, man, I, I watched the last – Four minutes of game minutes of that game. I mean, just incredible from the Ravens scoring to Lawrence going down and scoring and then them deciding to go for two and getting it. And then the Ravens coming back down. Tucker trying to hit one from 67, and he just came up short. Man, what an ending that game was. 28-27 uh, for the Jaguars. And there were more games. Not quite like that, but of that ilk, I'll break them all down next right here on Texas All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texas All Access from the Monday Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, your host. It's time to finish up with three fastest minutes 
of NFL scores ever. So get my music, and it's time to rock. The Thursday games on Thanksgiving were great. The Bills beat the Lions, even though nobody got a chance to see it in Houston. 28-25, Tyler Bass won it with two seconds left, the 45-yard field goal, and the Bills moved to 8-3, and three, while the Detroit Lions fell to 4-7. and seven. That broke the three-game losing streak. The Dallas Cowboys held on against the New York Giants. Uh, not so happy for some that maybe laid some points. Dallas wins 28-20, another dominant performance in the second half. They went into the half down 13-7, but roared out with 21 unanswered and got the win 28-20. Dallas was 8-3, Giants fall to 7-4. Vikings held on. A little bit of controversy in this game with a Hunter Henry potential touchdown that was called the not a catch. Vikings win 33-26. Primetime Kirk Cousins. Well, they left him in the locker room, and the real Kirk Cousins showed up. 30-37, 299, three tutties. Justin Jefferson, the man, 139 yards, nine catches, one touchdown, and a win for the Vikings. On Sunday, daggummit, the Browns scored with 30 seconds left on a fourth and 10, 100, one-handed grab by David Njoku. The tie the game at 17, they went into overtime, and the Browns won 23-17. Jacoby Brissett leads the Browns to a win and a 4-7 record, and now Deshaun Watson takes over. We will see him on Sunday. Bucks fall to five and six, yet stay atop the a uh, NFC South. Bengals beat the Titans twenty to sixteen. They really held Derrick Henry in check. Seventeen carries, thirty-eight yards. Joe Burrow threw for two seventy. T. Higgins one hundred fourteen yards receiving a touchdown. And the Bengals are doing it right. Seven and four now. Titans fall to seven and four in the AFC South, but nobody can really catch the Titans. But the Bengals lead that division. The Jer the Jets. The Jets and the Bears, and I said Jairs. Jets win 31-10. Mike White goes off. Commanders 19-13 over the Falcons. The Commanders have won five in a row. Five in a row. Atlanta falls to five and seven. Just half came back in the NFC South. I mentioned the Jaguars and Ravens. 28-27. What a finish that was. Josh Oliver, former Jag, scores for the Ravens to take the lead. Trevor Lawrence brings them all the way back down. Touchdown catch, Marvin Jones. Two-point conversion, Zay Jones. 67-yard field goal for Justin Tucker is just short. Jags win. Boy, Jags are 4-7. Chargers also went for two and got it with 15 seconds left. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 25-24. And Kyler Murray, I think not happy about a lot of things. Raiders and Seahawks, Josh Jacobs took one 86 yards to the house in overtime. In a wonderfully entertaining game, 40 to 34, Raiders win. Chiefs handled the Rams 26 to 10. The 49ers blanked the Saints, blanked them, shut out the Saints. And then the Eagles ran for about 9 million yards. Honestly, it was a gross number of yards. It was over 300. It was the most the Eagles have run for since 1948. They win 40 to 33 over the Packers. Aaron Rodgers hurt. Eagles 10 and 1. Jordan Love comes in, does well. We'll see what, how that, what that means down the road. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Big thanks to all of you. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Texans.